tell. Hello. Use the false loop. Mr. John Marshall. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. What's up now? Spider friends, go for it. Transform and roll out. And I'll form the head. That's what she said. Jonathan. And this is Alan, and welcome to the Nerdy Podcast. Jonathan, what are we talking about today? Alan, today we're finishing up our Indiana Jones quadrilogy with Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Wow. This yeah, movie. it's, uh, <laughs> what, 30 years later after the uh, Crusades, last Crusade movie? Yeah. 25. Yeah. Now, do you remember when this movie was announced at all? I don't remember specifically when it was announced. I was, I remember thinking, like, they're gonna make another indie isn't it kind of old but yeah i was like i'll go see it though i loved indie so yeah i think How that was you? kind of the running joke well you know when they announced it and they had that teaser trailer they they really sucked me in because the trailer starts off doing like a little backstory of the three previous movies and you know they did a great job of it i was like oh my gosh this is the movie that it's like you almost felt like this is the next journey of of Indiana Jones so I was you know deadly hyped up and I also remember like seeing some promo pictures of Harrison Ford wearing the hat and he's like sitting on a chair and then eventually you had Marion and stuff and just thinking wow I mean this is I think they can pull this off you know because Harrison was mid-60s maybe yeah roughly yeah. I, I tell you I, I rewatched the um the trailer in preparation of the show and it really does. It really, like like you said, the beginning is is kind of reminiscent of you know you got clips from the first three movies and, and then the music starts. You're like, oh my god! And <laughs> they he casts a great. There's a scene like they pulled from a movie where he's standing above Mutt and he's kind of silhouetted, and he just looks. Uh, yeah, it, it really gets you pumped. That trailer was. They did a great job with that trailer, getting people pumped for the movie. <laughs> kind of reminds me now of when the first time we, you and I saw the trailer for Episode One. Oh yeah. man, dude, we played that thing over and oh. <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Which wasn't an easy feedback then, because you had to wait for it to download. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we had to wait for things to buffer. Yeah. That's right. And then like the size of the video was like, like two by two inches, or so, yeah. such a small file. Yeah. But uh, yep. yeah, I, I do remember that like the teaser trailers, and then and eventually the 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 full trailer. Which even the trailer itself still looked good. I mean, there was nothing in that trailer where I, where I was, ooh, you know, what are they doing with this, you know? But I was, I don't think I was a Charlotte Booth fan at the time either. Uh, yeah, I, I know I wasn't. Yeah, he, I think he, what, what did we just watch at the time? Transformers, maybe? Uh, I don't even know if that was out. Yeah, this came out in what, 08? Yeah. Uh, was trans maybe Transformers One was that, or it, it could have been because he was definitely the, a no name at the time. Well, he was he was big on uh, he had a Nickelodeon show or think or Disney Channel show which he was pretty big on. Oh no, kidding! And then what was the movie that he that made him big? There was something before Transformers, I think. Like had a bit part in. Oh really? Yeah. Well, Transformers came out in 07, so yes, he's fresh off of Transformers. Um, I guess IMDb right in front of me. So he. Well, there's Disturbia. Okay. Uh, that was. Uh, he was an. Yeah, I guess that was, that might have been it. Yeah, he had smaller roles. He was like in Full Throttle, Charlie's Angels, and stuff like that. But and I wrote, I had a small role. But yeah, I guess Disturbia was his kind of 
first major star like as the leading man got, i guess yeah then he got transformers and then he went right into indiana jones and the king of christmas Skull. i even re- remember reading an article where they were saying that you know shia labeouf is he's gonna be the like the next tom hanks oh like yeah well they were they're really pushing they're trying to get him over big time yeah they really really did you know he had people like he had michael bay behind him he had uh spielberg behind him you know just didn't work out i guess his off screen antics kind of screwed it up i don't know i don't know a lot about him to be honest with you yeah i mean later on we found out he his like you said the off screen stuff but even like from transformers i never felt like i was really drawn towards him he doesn't seem as charismatic i mean you never really heard people say oh there's shyla and and like kind of swooning over him versus let's see other I'd call it teen idols or, or you know, young men, young leading men. Right. He, he just, I, you just never really heard that about him. But, but yeah, I just remember reading an article saying that they're, they're saying that he's, this kid is the next Tom Hanks. And there's a picture of him wearing like an astronaut suit, you know, like Apollo 13. It's like, man, I mean, that's a really bold statement because you sure know, Tom Hanks is an accomplished actor. And, and, you know, when you say Tom Hanks is a great actor, sure, everyone kind of agrees, but. Not so much Shia. Yeah, it's funny because I did a rewatch of this movie in preparation for the show. And for some reason, I don't know why this actor's name popped in my head, but I'm watching the movie. I see Shia. I'm like, he's not pulling this off. Um, But Sean William Scott, the guy that played Stifler in the American Pie movie. (laughs) For some reason, his his name popped in my head. I'm like, he could have been Mutt. He would have been a good Mutt. I can definitely see that, especially with his attitude. Like being that rebel kind of kid, like I, I can really see that, and then I can even see yeah. him being like, uh, uh, like <laughs> Harris. I mean, Indiana Jones's son too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that would work. That would definitely work. So you were super excited when you saw this trailer, um, being the huge fan that you are. Oh yeah, super excited. Again, this is a movie I don't think anyone saw coming. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's rumors at the time, but. You know, the internet then wasn't like the internet today, where we're, we have a pulse on everything. Um, I just remember just being like super excited about it and, and you know, just taking time off to watch the movie and stuff. But um, I do remember that when the movie was over, I, I think I called you and I was, well, I was clearly upset. <laughs> uh, yeah, the first thing he said was, he just sounded so like, like you lost the, like the World Series or something. Like, <laughs> ah, his clothes don't even fit him right. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a weird thing to notice, but okay. <laughs> it just, it just wasn't him, you know. I mean, it wasn't the, you know, our last clear memory of Indy was Last Crusade, and even at that point, he was still a, a great action star, you know. I mean, a very believable guy. Then you see this Crystal Skull, and it's 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 definitely a departure. But and he's an older adventurer, so I mean that's. It's okay, but it just see they they have so many callbacks to the previous films that they they want you to be reminded of the previous movies. Like when he goes back to back to the university, I mean he's basically teaching the same classroom that we've seen in the previous movies and stuff. And so that's the same. The class is the same, but he's the one that's different. So that's why it's it's kind of weird for your brain to kind of adjust to you know who is this guy? Is you sure? Are you sure this is Indiana Jones? And right. but you know, but it is obviously, but a lot of callbacks to it, and and I think they 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 had to too, you know, because they they did that in the Last Crusade, of a lot of callbacks to previous films and stuff. So, it was it was different. Let's put it that way. I think yeah, I think I think the time 
between movies really necessitated that and their brains necessitated all these callbacks because there was what like four years between last crusade and temple of doom yeah or maybe even more it might have been four or five right yeah but this is we're talking 89 99 almost 20 years right so maybe they're like oh let's remind people why they love indie do you think they should have went the route of the prequels instead of because the last crusade did end on a really great bookend note Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for them to bring back this franchise, do you think it would have been wiser to go? Well, they did do prequel, I guess. <laughs> Young Indiana Jones, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. but it wasn't watch. Well, <laughs> I, I know what you're saying, but I think they wanted to put Harrison Ford back in the fedora and the jacket. So yeah, you really couldn't do a prequel. So what do you, what do you do? Well, the funny thing is, well, this is a sidetrack, but instead of doing a prequel, maybe Lucas should have done a of trilogy after Jedi, because you know Hamill's Fisher and and Ford were still young enough that they could get away with it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway, I digress. So, well, maybe they shouldn't I have went so far into the fifties. Well, they had to they had to make up for Harrison Ford's age, because yeah. he because more time passes between the actual movies than the Last Crusade and. Uh, King and Crystal Skull, you know what I mean? Because that's only like a 15-year difference, I think, between the end of Crusade and when Witch Call begins. And uh, Indy's looking old. I mean, I don't know if you could have gotten away if you made it another World War II story, unless they dyed his hair or whatever, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, they could have even done it like other topics, you know, other, like a different kind of MacGuffin. But, I mean, when you're watching this movie, I mean, it's it's, it's clearly... Lucas is wanting to do like an American graffiti kind of homage thing, you know, like that time period and stuff where, right, you know, with, with the cars in the beginning of the, in the movie and stuff. I mean, the whole greaser look, uh, it seems like he was trying to force. That's what it feels like. It feels like in this movie, there were like these ideas that they wanted to do. And they said, OK, well, this is our last movie. Let's 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 just all these other uh, like stuff laying on the floor. Let's push it all together and make a movie out of it. Right. Yeah, I mean, the whole Mutt thing feels forced. Him trying to be a greaser or a tough guy really feels forced. Uh, the fact that he carries a switchblade or that he's... I don't know. I think they're trying to make us... Every time he went for his comb, they wanted us to think he was going for a switchblade or something, I think. I don't know, but... And that's the thing. He combed his hair. He pulled out switchblades. It's very reminiscent. You know, we grew up in the Happy Days era, and these are... Except for me, the switchblade. But these are things that Fonzie used to do. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's he almost was. a... You can't watch that and know about Fonzie and be like, this is almost a parody of that and take it seriously, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, that's a good point. If you were to say like, you know, let's say this movie wasn't really made for us, but let's say the younger generation, would they get that? You know, would they get that... That, that cue, you know, the combing the hair business, you know? Because at that time when this movie came out, Movies of the 50s and 60s were long gone already. I mean, it, we, weren't, we weren't making movies around that era to kind of remind you what was going on then. And we got it. We got right. Happy Days. We get it, you know? Right, right. Yeah, and I think, and it's very 50s heavy because, you know, it's communism, it's Area 51, it's the Roswell crash. You know, it's, it's very, I, I think more so than any other movies, they really wanted you to know what era you would. Well, and I think that's true in the sense that because I'm not even sure where Raiders or Crusades, except for the Nazis, you know, it takes place in either the 30s or the 40s. And really, until, re- until we started doing these shows, 
I thought Raiders and Last Crusade occurred in the in the early forties, like right either right before America got into the war or while America was in the war. Mm-hmm. But they actually take place in the mid thirties, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But but they so didn't have the, to tell so you it, that. Like he didn't have to really know that part, right? But here it seems like they they hammer home. You're in the fifties. You're in the like they didn't go out of their way in the first two. Well, in the in the Nazi movies, they didn't go out of their way to. Be like, oh, here's a reminder, you're in the 30s. Except for Nazis themselves, because they existed in a, in a certain certain period of time. Yeah. You know, they didn't have, you know, they didn't, they didn't show the Andrew Sisters. They didn't play Andrew Sisters music or see Rosie the River the posters or, or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They didn't they didn't throw it in your face that this is the, the late 30s and 1940s. Whereas this, everything was a reminder of the 50s, you know? Even Temple of Doom, I mean, if you were to watch that movie, I mean, could you really stick a year on it without really knowing you know that Raiders came out or even Last Crusade I mean it it could really just stand on on its own and 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 it doesn't feel forced either I mean I remember watching Temple of Doom you know at the time I was like whoa what is this I mean it was just a very very different movie but it wasn't like I felt I was forced anything either it just felt like oh this is another indie adventure kind of like a James Bond movie each movie is its own adventure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think with Temple of Doom, except for the beginning um, and, you know, where they're in the club and, and doing that whole chase scene with the different cars, you you know, and the fact that it takes place out, outside of America and that it, it's not specifically Nazis, you really, you know, he could be lost in the jungle in 2015. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so... It's you're right. It's and that's kind of what makes them timeless. And I think not. I don't. I'm not saying they shouldn't have said it in the fifties. I'm saying hammering home. You know, it really kind of dates it. And even with the atomic testing and stuff like that, which is stuff again, they they took every chance they had to remind you they're in the fifties to the point where he even had to bring his motorcycle down to Peru. <laughs> that's right. You know. Yeah. It's like, come on, dudes. Yeah, I mean, you're hitting something that's that's pretty interesting which i never thought about you're right they are hammering home the 50s but when i see harrison ford i'm thinking i'm thinking harris i don't think indiana jones is in that time period you know like when i see harrison ford it's like oh this is like the 2000s you know and he he right. looks out of place he doesn't look like he really belongs in that time period until he right. leaves until he goes to you know the jungles and you're back to you know it could be any time period but that, that's a good point well, well, I think he said something when we were discussing this previously about James Bond. James Bond doesn't really take place in any particular time period. Yeah. I mean, of course, of course, the newer movies are going to have better cars and better gadgets and stuff like that. But they never go out of their way to say what time period. So, you know, you can watch these stories and they could take, you know, it could be any any time. Um, and you're right. It, I mean, you made a good point with he does feel out of place in the 50s. Yeah. Because we're used to indie being in that particular 20-year period of the 30s and the 40s. Right. Um, and it's almost as if he's... And and look, the communists, you know, I understand I want to use Nazis again, but they were pretty much Nazis anyway, because, you know, if you look at their uniforms, they're almost exactly the same. Yeah. Could oh, absolutely. Been, you know, could have been a team of mercenaries, an army of mercenaries they could have used. It might have worked out better than them. Right. Um, and, and, you know, make it not so governmental. Make it just... You know, uh, the last crusade opens with a an archaeologist that does it for the money, and mm-hmm. why, why not have kind of like you know the old trope of the uh, 
the mirror image indie why not have an archaeologist that does it all for the money and he's got this team and just have indy's team go against the other guy's team and they're racing for some lost artifact you know yeah yeah a lot of different things they could have done with this yeah i mean it's it's interesting they have there were several versions of you know what the fourth movie was supposed to be like with different writers and different ideas and uh i think the big issue at the time because you know all all those guys were you know let's say at not really at their peak but you know they were uber popular and it was all like time constraint you know it's either do it now or don't do it at all and uh they they even have a couple of the scripts online i think and i think they all had the same vibe of aliens because they were focusing on the 50s and stuff but uh I, they, I don't think they were alluding to having Mutt in the movie, nor even having um, Marion come back either. Because there was a script where Indy actually marries somebody else, and Marion's actually, you know, in the pews watching the marriage and stuff. So. Oh, wow. That's yeah, interesting. It's, it's very, very different. Yeah, anyway. it's just weird because, you know, Mutt doesn't have a big role in this movie either. It's like uh, the movie can happen without him, more or less. Oh, yeah. I mean, his main role is... Um, delivering the message that his his mother's in trouble. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that's that's it. And he's just kind of along for ride. Like he doesn't affect the story. And I think that's like one of the biggest things about writing or screenplays is that uh, do 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 things happen because of the character or mm-hmm. do things happen around the character? And you always want them to happen because of the character. Oh, that's that's absolutely and, correct. I mean, you look at the Last Crusade. And you see that the relationship between Indy and his father, Henry. I mean, you can see it physically and changing right before your eyes from the beginning of the movie. Really, from the very beginning of the movie to the very, very end. How their character development changed and how how they influenced each other and how they played off each other. So you can really right. see that happening. And, you know, really building a backstory between Indy's dad and Indy himself. But, yeah, you're right. With Mutt, it's, he's just... He's just there. If anything, if I had to, if I had to say like the relationship they were trying to build, I almost felt like between Mutt and Marion, they had more of a connection together versus Indy and Mutt. And you're gonna bring Mutt in the movie; he has to have a reason to be there. Right. Yeah, I just think it wasn't thought out. I think, frankly, I think Indy accepted him very quickly as his son. You know what I mean? And vice versa um, towards the end with, with Mutt, too. Because he, right, he eventually calls yeah. him dad. It's like, what? You don't even know this guy. Yeah. So it, it just, uh, again, everything seems a little forced. And, you know, like we like they really want us to like Mutt. And they didn't give us reasons to like Mutt. First, in the beginning, before they leave for Peru, he acts like a, I guess, jerk is the best word. Like he's, <laughs> he's impe- impetuous. He's quick to anger. <laughs> And then when he gets to Peru, he kind of acts like a little bit like a, what's the word? I was going to say scaredy cap. It's got to be a better word, <laughs> you know. Um, and then they put him in a ridiculous situation, you know, swinging through the jungle, um, you know, finding Do you think because snake. of that time during the 50s, I don't, I'm not sure, but was that the Tarzan era? The 50s? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, right, well, well I don't know. Think? That might have been the 40s. I don't know. Okay. But again, but then what? They're shoving the fifties in our face again by having him swing through the jungle. Yeah, right. 
Yeah. Now, if he would oh, give, like, I, Tarzan scream, I would be like, I, I think I'd walk out the movie theater. Oh, you mean, like, Chewbacca in episode three? Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm. <laughs> Why'd you have to bring that up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, I, I, there were moments in this movie where I was watching, I'm like, there's Indy. There's mm. Harrison Ford being Indy. And I was really, really enjoying it. I think the warehouse chase was kind of classic indie. I mean, there there are some scenes that... I, I, this movie seems like they didn't know when too far was too far. You mm. know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, they couldn't find the line. And the warehouse scene, for the most part, with Chase, was like pure indie. And I know you didn't like that. He didn't have real death traps. But that whole scene going through the temple and all that stuff, to me, that was like pure indie, too. And I really enjoyed those moments. Yeah, yeah. The opening scene is... It's probably one of the better parts, I think, because it's probably the only time to move where I get to see Indiana Jones by himself doing what he does best. And when he starts, you know, as the movie progresses, he gets at these tagalongs, you know, throughout the movie. At the very end, when he says, well, I think I need to do this by myself, I just remember thinking, finally, you know, he's going to do something Indiana Jones like. And right. the very next scene, they're all with him again. I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But yeah, there there were no death traps in this one. But there, but you're right. There are a lot of good moments or, or, or good scenes where I mean I think it's it's this movie gets criticized so bad because you know in my mind when I think of Raiders of the Lost Ark, not only do I like Indiana Jones, but I mean that is a quality flick. I mean you look at like the top 100 films ever. You know Raiders is up there. You know and, and so it's 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 hard not to compare this movie to the previous movies because they're all done very well it's just shocking to see something like this on the screen again there are a lot of good scenes just it doesn't hold together yeah and you're gonna it's natural to make comparisons every time a new star wars comes out we, we compare it to the other stars every bond movie comes out we compare it to other bond movies it's just it, it's the nature of the beast uh, I, I just think that this movie i don't know if i ever told you this but i only saw it the one time in the theater I was so disgusted about it. Like, all I could think about was the things I really disliked about it. And I rarely, like, say I hated things, but I, I hated things about this movie. <laughs> and I, I watched it again recently for, to, for tonight's show. And I really, I don't know, from age or maybe I have a less critical eye, but I softened on it because I was able to find those things I liked. Those moments reminded me of indie. And it, it's, it's a watchable movie. It's not, I would probably watch this before I'd watch Solo again. And maybe even Last Jedi. Wow. Um, yeah, and it's look if you get over Shia LaBeouf or my like at this point I can't separate the actor from the the role. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's Shia I don't like or if it's Mutt I don't like, but no, I, I don't like one of them. Maybe both of them. But, <laughs> um, you know, if you can, if I can, if I can live through his scenes and some of the ridiculousness, um, like the refrigerator. Uh, it's it's a decent movie. It, it, you know, it's it's a laundry folder, meaning mm-hmm. it's something you can put on and fold laundry at the same time, where you don't have to give it a hundred percent of your attention, but you can still look every once in a while something cool happens. You know? Yeah, I, I rewatched it last night, and I and I did so with the intent of watching it, not as as a person that's seen these movies, but like, all right, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put my my kids' glasses on. I'm gonna see it from a kid's point of view. It's an enjoyable movie, you know. Um, before I forget. We did uh, Last Crusade, right, uh, a right. couple months ago, and and we did Temple of Doom and the other films. I remember telling you, like, like 
why I thought they they changed the order of temple to last crusade, um, temple to raiders to last crusade, it, it, in regards to Indiana's Indiana Jones's character, like has he changed? And and last night I was thinking, I think I found it. I, I think I found why they they did the crystal skull, right? So check this out. In Temple of Doom, he talks about fortune and glory. Like, why does Indy do it? Even Short Round asks him, hey, you know, what are we doing? And he says right to the camera, fortune and glory. So it was about uh, the, the money. It was about the, the fame and stuff. And then in Last Crusade, right from the beginning, it's it's got to go in the museum. You know, this belongs in a museum. Everything has to go back to the museum. This movie, this is the first time Indy is not taking something away it's the first time he's bringing something back. Oh wow, that's that's true. Yeah. So right. it's like when you think about, huh? Well, it's the uh, the conquistador stole it and died trying to sneak it out of the country, I guess. And it was hidden by him, and they had to find it and bring it back. Yeah. So it was the first time he had an artifact where he actually isn't taking something. He's actually putting something back. I was like, ah, huh. So no, it's funny that you mentioned that because when I rewatched it and he he enters the room where where I guess the aliens were collecting stuff from all over the world. Yeah. Like it's full of artifacts and Indy mentions that and the one guy starts like stealing it because it's a lot of gold and stuff like that. Yeah. I was half expecting him to say something like, no, this stuff belongs in a museum. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he never says that. And, and I think you're right. I think he's just focused on getting what belongs there back to where, where it needs to be. Right. So when I thought of That's it from that point of view, I'm thinking, okay, this is this is the mature Indiana Jones. He's not I mean, he's an adventurer, but not so much as when he was like in his 20s. You know, he's become more of the like the Yoda, right? He he's, he's turning even, more like that. If you even, you know, pull the camera, metaphorical camera away a bit more, mm-hmm. you'll see that he he's not even on a archaeological mission he's there to save mutt's mother and ox yeah his friend ox right so he's not even there looking i mean that's almost like a side mission right crystal skull part yeah um which is funny because when once that kind of pops into becomes a thing his side mission he goes full indiana jones you know he's like <laughs> he's excited about the, the you know reading the <laughs> reading the clues and finding the clues and, oh, and sure. how to get there yeah um but yeah his main goal is really to find because he doesn't know, he doesn't know Marion's mutt's mom until they rescue her, right? Or until they they run into each other. Yeah, exactly. Right. So he knows he's going after the mom, and he knows he's going after his friend Ox. Uh, yeah, he wasn't concerned. But about doesn't even realize it's Marion. Right. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because even in Last Crusade, when he's he's you know that scene where the boat's getting chopped up and. You know, it's like, Widow, where's my father? You know, and he's basically saying, well, you know, you're looking for the cup of Christ. He's like, I'm not looking for the cup of Christ. I'm looking for my father. Right. Which he actually is looking for the cup of Christ. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, well, that's, that's good. I'm glad you said so it helped you appreciate it more. Or It did. And you know how I did? I Like I said, I, I, honestly, I honestly watched it again last night and I said to myself, I'm going to watch this from, from, not from the adult me, but for the kid in me. And I was just kind of looking at him as a character and like, what was he doing? I was asking myself, what is he doing this movie? And then he kept saying, you know, that scene like return, return. I'm like, oh, he's actually putting something back for the first time. You know, it's like, oh, well, that's different. Yeah. And so from every indie movie, there is that slow change of 
Indiana Jones's character from being that young 20-year-old about that fortune glory to, okay, this time I'm putting it back and putting it where it needs to be. And, you know, no one should be touching it. Well, I think I think that's why the ending kind of is symbolic of he's settling down, he's getting married, you know? Yeah. You know, obviously, you think when you're married, you're not going to globetrot trot over the world you know, doing yeah. the things he's been doing. He gets married, and then as he's walking out, and the hat blows off the coat rack, off the hat rack, I guess, to uh, toward Mutt, and Mutt's about to put it on, and then Indy snatches out of his, thank God, by the way, and Indy <laughs> snatches it out of his hand and puts it on his head. That's that's kind of that's the symbolism of yeah he's married but he's still gonna be indie yes you know right and where at, at the time when I saw it I'm like oh my god what's gonna put the hat on this is like the literal passing of the torch yeah like they're gonna say he's the new indie and I was dreading him putting that hat on his head and when indie snatched it from his hand I was like thank you Jeebus <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah if you look at it that way it's a symbolism yeah I'm you know I'm still indie I might be married but I'm still gonna be indie <laughs> right yeah. Yeah, uh, let me tell you, I cannot tell you how relieved I was in that scene because they were talking about that at the time. You know, will will Shia LaBeouf take on the role of Indiana Jones? And I'm telling you, that's another thing in the movie. Maybe that's another reason why I was just so really upset with the movie because it's like this kid's going to take away Harrison Ford's, you know, iconic character. It's like you cannot tell me this guy can even be even close to what Indiana Jones is, but they try to. You know, yeah. Mutt saying, "Well, you know, I don't go to school, but but I read a lot of books and and I do do fencing." Like he's trying to make his, himself sound like like he's, I'm not saying educated, but you know he's he's worldly or, or whatever. But he's definitely not Indiana Jones on that level. I, I do I do not doubt if that. I mean, the movie made a lot of money worldwide. I do not doubt if the reviews were great for this movie and people liked the Mutt, Mutt Williams character. They would have done a separate movie with him. Yeah. I have no doubt they would have done that. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. So he dodged a bullet. He <laughs> <laughs> dodged a Shia LaBeouf bullet. I think it, you brought this up during Temple of Doom, and I absolutely love it. The the idea of of short round, like an older short round with Indian in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, is I think that's genius. Because if you had to pass pass a torch. I mean, who else, like, if all the people in Indy's life that you would say, all right, this guy's probably, the, like, the closest to Indy, because they do have a father and son kind of thing in in Temple of Doom. I mean, it right. makes sense if you had to. It, he would be the most logical person, because you already yeah. have a backstory on him. You, you don't have to tell his backstory. You, you know it already. I mean, how awesome would it be if, if, there, if the scene in the movie was he's teaching in class, and then, you know, there's a silhouetted figure at his door. And it looks, you know, it's like almost his silhouette with the hat and the, and the coat. Yeah. And then he steps into the light and it's an adult short round dressed almost like Indy. Dude, I got goosebumps. And he just says, I got goosebumps. He, just says like, <laughs> he says something like, Dr. Jones, I need you. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go on an adventure together. I mean, that would have been awesome. Who's that guy that you said should play the, the role from Walking Dead? Steven Yoon. Steven, oh. How awesome is that? It'd be awesome. It'd be I'm, really awesome. I'm a big fan of that. That I man, when you told that to me, I was like, "Holy crap!" I I tweeted Spielberg that too. Yeah, did he get back to you? Yeah, no. <laughs> he, he forwarded to Cheyenne. Cheyenne's doing an art installation about you right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, look, we don't have to go over all the negative things about it, but we do have to. I think we need to talk about the fridge in the room. <laughs> 
this is this is a scene that was so bad that they named the the movie version of Jumping the Shark is called um, Nuking the Fridge now. Is it really? When I, when I, yeah, you didn't know that? No. Yeah. So, uh, if for anyone listening that doesn't know what either uh, saying means is in Happy Days when Fonzie jumped over a shark. Uh, the popular consensus is that's when the TV show kind of stopped being good and went kind of ridiculous and went off the rails. Right. So that, so anytime a TV show does that now, it's called Jumping the Shark. You know, when something's good to, up to a certain point and then they have that episode that just doesn't make sense or so ridiculous or whatever, it's called Jumping the Shark. Mm-hmm. So now they say when a movie um, is trudging along fine and then a scene or something happens that totally makes no sense or, or it's just so outrageous – it, it kind of ruins the whole movie they call it nuking the fridge because what happens to Indy is he finds himself in a in a fake town that they're nuking to see what the results would be and uh, he hides in a lead lined refrigerator um, and gets bounced around a few times and then walks out walks away unscathed <laughs> <laughs> when they open that door he should have just come out like dust just like pulverized yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. I mean he Dead. You ever see the movie The Other Guys with um, Mark Wahlberg and oh, yeah. Will, Will Ferrell? Yeah. And remember they're they're walking toward the um, they're walking toward a, a store or something that blows up. Okay. And well, it blows up and they're on the ground and they're they're like they're in pain and they're and they're like they can barely move and they can't hear anything. Yeah. And Will Ferrell even directly goes, "This isn't like the movies, you know. <laughs> it's like this isn't how it happens in the movies." So, you know, they draw attention to that ridiculousness that goes on in movies. So if he had fallen out of that refrigerator, like, not able to walk or, like, I'm broken inside. Right. That would have made more sense. Now, you, you've always said to me, like, ah, come on, you know, he drank from the growl. He's, he's got a little imperviousness to him left over or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I, look, I'm a sci-fi. I'm a fantasy fan. I'll accept that. But it's not explained in movie. You know, if someone had said that to him, like, well, you did drink from the ground. Maybe that had something to do with it. Right. Uh, right. I'd be like, all right. I, I mean, it's far-fetched, but I'll accept it. And let's move on with the film. <laughs> um, but, no, you had to, you know, you had to pull that from what you remembered. So, yeah. I don't know if that, if, I, if, if, if it goes for me that way, you know? Yeah, I mean, a lot of this movie, especially doing the rewatch, I just, it's tough because you you for the things that you don't like, I'm always trying to justify it in my head that, oh, well, you know, this is the reason why I mean, you shouldn't have to do that for a movie yeah. you know i mean like i did a poll on instagram like how many people actually like this movie right guess the percentage um 33 percent. it was right down the middle 50 50 50 people 50 percent of people like the movie yeah 50 percent liked it 50 don't and i mean we've done polls before we it's hard we we get something that close i mean this is a very um it's a movie that it's it's weird. Even if we look at the Rotten Tomatoes score, I think it's like fifty audience. It was rated higher with Rotten Tomatoes, but it is kind of in that that ballpark there. And it's it's interesting. It's really interesting. I don't know if people like it because it is an Indiana Jones. Like I I I gave it more of a pass because I'm a fan of the character. You know, like right. I can I can look like you said. I mean, I can look beyond the the newt fridge. Not a lot, but I can. But even from, you know, the bystander point of view, this movie is is kind of cringy at times. Well, the reviewers have it at seventy eight percent, and yeah. audience has it at fifty three. 
Yeah. That's insane. And there's 1.3 million audience scores, and it's a 53%. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the same argument as to which is, you ask anyone what their favorite indie film is, it typically is going to be the first one that they've seen. You know, like if it was Temple, mm-hmm. Raiders, or Last Crusade, you know, that's going to be their indie film. I read something online where it's saying like, well, Crystal Skull was their first movie that they ever saw. And, and then they went back, you know? And because of that, right. they really liked the Crystal Skull. You know, it's so it's it's a weird dynamic in a sense that that person that saw Crystal Skull for the first time has nothing to compare it to. Yeah, the thing is, you're introduced to the world of Indiana Jones, and yeah. it's a great it's a great fun world to be in. And look, Chris, like I said, Crystal Skull has some fun moments in it, and you can watch it. And there are cringy moments, but again, we were in our what mid to late 30s when this movie came out, and you know, maybe it wasn't written for us. Maybe I mean. There is such a thing as popcorn movies. I mean, I, I look back to a lot of the movies I like. Uh, you know, I, what was it, Better Off Dead I recommended to you. You watched it and you were like, why did you make me watch this? <laughs> and, and I had to say to you, I'm like, well, think of 12 or 13-year-old Alan watching this movie. Right. And you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Then. You know, because it's stupid humor. Right. And if I was seeing Better Off Dead for the first time at this age, I'd probably be like, this is, the, this is so stupid. But because and, and, you know, I can relate it to when I saw it as a kid and it made me laugh as a kid. And the moments still make me laugh as a as an adult. Maybe that's the thing. And what's funny is I was thinking because you, you, I mean, I know you love Indiana Jones, and and you're talking about justifying certain scenes in this movie. And I'm sitting here thinking like, well, I love Star Wars, but I felt no responsibility justifying any of the crap in Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> like I did try to make myself like it. I'm like I walked out knowing I didn't like it. I mean, I watched it a few times in the theaters just to be sure. And yeah, kind of. Now, have you watched it on Netflix recently? I have not. Really? I tried. Dude, I own it on Blu-ray. I own it in digital. I don't watch the thing. Wow. (laughs) I tried. I even tried Solo again too, and oh, that's bad. Solo is very bad. Solo is not a good movie. Yeah, that's just that's just no good. (laughs) It's it's frankly Solo doesn't exist in canon to me. Like his his name is Han Solo because. That's his name. That's his, that's his name. name. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 That's that's kind of bizarre. That's kind of bizarre. Yeah. Crystal Skull. So let me ask you this: Since we're talking about Solo, uh, Harrison Ford, better known as Indy or Han Solo? What do you think? Oh, Indiana Jones. You think he's better known as? Indy? So I think he's better known as Han Solo, but I think he personally liked playing uh, Indy better. Uh, I guess. I mean, like, if you were to think, like, oh boy, yeah. I mean, God, Star Wars is huge, though. You know, I mean, like, it's it's the movie that's that's loved and and loved by many. Where Indiana Jones, it's it's loved, but not loved at the same time. But if I had to think, Harrison Ford's character Solo and Indiana Jones. I mean, shoot. I mean, Indiana Jones is is synonymous with a hat. You know, if you hold a bullwhip, you're saying Indiana Jones. You got a fedora on, you're saying Indiana Jones. You know. I mean, I, I don't know. I like both. <laughs> They're both cool characters. You know, you know. since this is the last movie, we should, like, if ever we do come back to the Indiana Jones world, we should do a show on Han Solo's fever dream. Oh, yeah, that theory. Yeah, that, and that's, that's a compelling theory, too, so. It is, yeah. yeah. Well, I read something about... Uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO being in every movie. Now, I know he's in the Indiana Jones scene where they find the Ark, I think. 
Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's etched on the wall. Are they are they in Temple of Doom and, and Last Crusade and Crystal Skull? Uh, not in character, but by, but no, by I know name. You mean like a picture of them or something. Not shoot picture. I'm not too sure, but you know, like, like the name on the plane on Lao Chase thing is it's like oh, it's Club Obi Wan, right? So they do have references to Star Wars, I think, in all the film. But you know, Crystal Skull, I'm not too sure. Oh, words, because he does say, you know, trust me, which is like a Han Solo thing. And he said, you know what I noticed he says in this? And I didn't notice it in the other movies. He says, I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah. Yeah. Does he say it in the other movies? No. No. Okay. No. Yeah. So, I mean, there there's teases of Star Wars and I think all of them. But more so in Raiders than anything else. Yeah. So, well, we can talk about the future. Well, I, I, we're going to revisit, you know, either... If we still have a show in two years, we should be revisiting because they're supposed to do another indie. Well, let's talk quickly about that. What are your thoughts on a new indie with a 75-year-old Harrison Ford and probably 75, 76-year-old Steven Spielberg? Yeah, you know, that's that's a good question. I think, you know, what I talked about earlier about indie returning things, you know, I guess it, what would his, where would his character be then? Because we last saw indie Crystal Skull. He's now the assistant dean of the university. Right at the end of it, they, they're putting the, the the letters on his. Yeah, uh, so you, can door. you assume that he's? <laughs> I don't know. He's he be president retired? at this point. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, is he? Is he? You know, now that he actually has time to actually do something, he's retired. You know. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind if if it was a a passes torch in the sense of hey, I want to tell you a story, and they do a f and they take you to his younger years. So that way, it gives you the ability to to go younger if you had to. Or how about how about a short round takes him out of the takes him out of the university for one less adventure? Yeah, that'd be sick too. You know, I, I mentioned that on Facebook at the Indiana Jones uh, web group, whatever, and, and I mentioned you know the, a short round thing. I got ripped. It's either Harrison Ford or nobody. I like that. What? Yeah, I was like, come <laughs> on, dude, come on. Yeah, but I'm sure go. you get that. You know, with James Bond, I'm sure there. You know, when they went from. Sean Connery to Roger Moore. I'm sure there was a, a bunch of naysayers at the time, and and you know even after Roger Moore, I'm sure. I mean, Daniel Craig is very different than previous Bonds, you know, and um, he was accepted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, the thing is, if you want the character of Indiana Jones to go forward, you're gonna have to, you know, accept a new guy in the role now. We're talking about spinning off short round, but what's most likely going to happen is Chris, Chris Pratt <laughs> or someone like that <laughs> is going to be the new Indiana Jones. You think we'll yeah, go with Chris Pratt, Pratt or we even go even younger? Because Chris Pratt's in his, what, 30s? Late 30s, probably. Late 30s? Uh, hey, I think you'd have to go younger if you're going to build a franchise. Well, you you'd have remember, to go. Uh, Harrison Ford was probably his mid 30s, right? Yeah, but uh, hmm. again, you'd have to go. Yeah, you know, I would. I would think you'd have to go late twenties, early thirties. Well, I, you know, if you make it mid thirties, you just can't have twenty years in between movies. Yeah. Yeah. Harrison Ford could have done five or six Indiana Joneses if they, you know, laid them out properly. Yeah, they could have. Actually, he's going to wind up doing probably five, but still, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I look. The, the popular theory is Chris Pratt. Um, I think Chris Pine would be a good one. Um, I mean, I can't think of maybe I don't know younger people, but I'm sure they'll find someone out there. Yeah, when they, when they tease Chris Pratt, 
you know, I was like, wow. I mean, like Harrison Ford's shoes are pretty big to fill, but boy, it's like, I think he can pull it off. Because he does have that, that, that wit, that charm. Yeah, well, he's, he's almost playing Indiana Jones type in Jurassic Park. Yes. Just like he's playing a Han Solo type in Guardians. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, God, if you had to pick a name, if I had to pick a name right now, it, it, it's, it, I'd say Chris Pratt. I mean, just off the top of my head. I mean, I'm just waiting for Chris Pratt to play the vice president in Air Force Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Get off the president's plane. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, Chris Pratt needs work, I think, because Guardians Three doesn't look like it's happening. It's happening. Uh, Stop being such a naysayer. <laughs> it's definitely happening. Chris Pratt. <clears throat> oh, and like you said, Stephen Yoon as as Short Round coming back. Holy yeah. smokes! You can't call him Short Round either. You'd have to give him a real like tough guy name. Yeah, or you go with his. I I I know on like the Indiepedia, they actually have his like his real name too. Do you know it? No, not off the top of my head. Uh, I think yeah. you know. I think you're just embarrassed. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you do know. You just don't want to make it that, that you're such a huge fan. Right. All right. Do you have anything yeah. else? Uh, you have a story to tell us about someone you met this weekend, don't you? Oh, yeah. Uh, over the weekend, I was at the Santa Clara Toy Con, and lo and behold, Miss Karen Allen was there. And uh, so I, I got a picture with her, and... Um, I actually have like you know the headpiece of the staff of Ra, and I actually gifted that to her, because I, I did ask her. I said, "Hey, do you have any like memorabilia from the movie?" And she's like, "No, I don't have any of that stuff." I said, "Well, now you do." <laughs> I gave her the, oh. the little headpiece. Oh, she's such a sweet lady, really tiny lady too, really. Tiny. Yeah. But uh, boy, she, well, so sweet, so gorgeous. Those eyes are just amazing, huge. She'll drink. Well, hopefully, I'll be seeing her in Pittsburgh, and yeah. April, and I'm going to ask her if she has the coin on. Dude, if she has the coin on and whips it out, I'm like, holy crap. Holy crap. There's this picture uh, I saw on Instagram of, you know, the same con I went to. Right. Oh, the guy is such a stud. He had a shot with her. I was like, what? Oh, really? Yeah, I was what, like, he, oh, he that's brilliant. Alcohol? What was that? <laughs> Did he bring the alcohol? or? Well, he had. they were both holding shot glasses. I was like, oh, that so is brilliant. It could be iced tea. <laughs> Dude, you gotta send me that link once. Yeah, I, I, I'll find it on Instagram. It's a sick picture. I was like, oh man, that's genius. I was, I was there all like trying to be all nice to her. And... Oh, dude. What? So I'm on the wiki. Short Round's real name is Wan Lee. Yeah. He was born 26. He would have been 30 and 56. He would have been perfect for, for Crystal Skull. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that was that dude. That's exactly what I got yelled at on Facebook for. I, <laughs> at the time, I said he would fit perfectly. And I got yeah. chastised for it. That's an Indiana Jones Facebook group. What do you expect? Wow. It's going to happen. Such a hateful. I thought, but I don't know. I thought you loved all the characters if you loved Indy. Yeah. How should it Was short, short Round was in the books or no? Like, when he was given some. He was, I believe, he was in one of the novels. He was in a couple of stories in the comic books. Okay. You know who's in the novels, though? Uh, in Temple of Doom. Oh, God. I forgot his name. But anyway, he was aware, you know. I got shot. Oh, okay, yeah, because he was one of his uh, one of his buddies, right? Yeah, because he says he says to Indy, "Hey, Indy, we've been on many adventures. You know, yeah. I go first. In the novels, he's in there as as oh, Indy's awesome. buddy. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, okay. 
Very cool. All right, so, uh, you know, Alan, this is your thing. Indiana Jones is your thing, and this is our last movie. So any final thoughts you, you want to say? Close it out. <laughs> Indiana <laughs> Jones, yeah. <laughs> it's a great franchise. It's funny. I'll, I'll go to people and ask, you know, what their favorite movie is, or I'll, I'll always go to, you know, do you ever watch that movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark? And if they didn't, I'll say, hey, you need to watch this movie. You know, to, to me, it's it was so influential. And as a kid, you know, building whips and stuff, before I got my own fedora, I'd go on vacation, and the first thing I would do is look for a hat store, just looking for the hat and stuff. So, great character. And not just a great character. I mean, Harrison Ford sold this this guy, you know? I mean, yeah. it's hard to think... It's really hard to think Tom Selleck pulling this one off as well as Harrison Ford did. Just tough. Yeah. I don't, I don't no, know if right. I'd like it the same. Some things happen for a reason, though. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yep. Okay. We got a new follower on Instagram, Heathens Horde, comic book guy, really nice guy. Writes a whole lot on his webpage. Uh, do you have anything? Uh, no, not for nerd me. But we'll say that me and Jay, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, me and Jay have a podcast called Gab of Thrones, Gab G A B of Thrones, where we're doing reviews of every episode from season seven leading up to the next season next and final season season eight and we're going to do a review of each one of those episodes that's uh, awesome to end up the series yeah awesome yeah we're having a lot of fun doing it too and uh speaking of indiana jones if you want to follow me on instagram dr indiana jones i'm actually doing a scene by scene with uh action figures so i'm halfway through it and it's getting harder and harder <laughs> every scene because it's starting <laughs> it's good, to get though. big Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get, th- this week I gotta. Where this week I'm in the Well of Souls, and I'm really dreading next week because it's it gets big after that. So uh, yeah, yeah. Are you gonna do a temple and, and crusade and crystal skull eventually? I, I I would love to. It's just a matter of you know I don't have all the action figures, so I get by That's with Legos. True. But that, it, it's it's right. tough, especially like set pieces, especially Temple Doom. That's that's one big set piece right there. So. We'll see. If people want to be nice and donate some Legos to me, then yeah, sure, why not? Or some action figures. Yeah, all right. All right, uh, Alan, where can people find us? Oh, boy. Well, if you're listening to us, then you know where we are. (laughs) iTunes, Spotify, (laughs) and all that stuff. But Facebook, we're in there. Nerdemy Podcast. Instagram, Nerdemy. Twitter, Nerdemy Podcast. YouTube, every now and then we'll throw up a video there. Nerdemy Podcast. Jonathan does these unboxings. you have any unboxings coming up? Uh, Yeah, I should have the... Marvel, is it the Marvel box? The Marvel box, Captain Marvel boxes should be shipping soon. All right. I also did a, I'm waiting on a popped box from the collector's case, which is the mystery pops where I usually get a chase. Oh, yeah. And I ordered something else and I can't remember what it was. Oh, uh, I ordered something called the BAM box because they were, they advertised that every BAM box will have an autograph pop in it. So I'm curious to see what I'm going to get. Autograph by whom? Whomever the pop is of, like, you know. What? Like I, I guess everybody's gonna have like a different autograph pop. Oh, interesting. Like there'll be, a, there'll be so if it's a pop of, you know, Indiana Jones, which it won't be. But yeah. if it's a pop of Indiana Jones, it'll be signed by Harrison Ford. If it's a pop of no, uh, yeah, but it won't be Indiana Jones. It'll be something you know, like if it's a cartoon character, it'll probably be signed by their voice actor. You know, that's, what I mean? that's pretty sick. Yeah, well, it depends who you get. Yeah, well, yeah. So, so we'll see what I get. Cool. I just did it out of curiosity, just so I had an autograph pop, because that's something I was trying to avoid doing. Because I do go to these shows, yeah, 
And I'm like, well, you know, just like buying the pops became like this obsessive thing. Yeah. I'm worried. I'm worried if I get a couple signed, I'm going to start being obsessive about that. <laughs> you know, because I want to because I'm going to East Coast Comic Con and Marvel Wolfman and George Perez is going to be a writer and artist of the, the new Teen Titans back in the day. And they created Nightwing and I want to get my disco Nightwing pop signed by the both of them. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm definitely doing that. But I, I also don't want to be like. Because now at Steel City, when I'm there, I'm like, oh, I, I had this person's pop. I should have brought it with me. Uh, I'm kind of glad. I, I'm glad I didn't. You know what I mean? Because right. Of, you know, so I'm, yeah, I'm it's easy to get sucked in. Remember, I bought that uh, Temple of Doom laser disc, and you're like, oh yeah, you get it because when you see like Raiders, and you, you're gonna want to get it. And you yeah. know what I do this weekend? I was looking for the freaking laser discs. Were you really? Yeah, I was like, because I saw that I saw an album. Like, oh, is this a laser disc? But it was the Raiders of Lost Ark, you know, just record and stuff. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, that's what? I mean, well, you got a good deal in the Temple of Doom one, right? It was cheap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a really good deal. Yeah, yeah a so, bunch of stuff. Got a bunch of Indiana Jones action figures this weekend. I feel like I feel like since we've been podcasting, your Indiana Jones collection has grown exponentially. Huge. Huge. Well, you had, a whole, you had a whole week of Secret Santa stuff where all they gave was the Indiana Jones stuff, right? Oh, my goodness. My coworker got me, like, the Indiana Jones fedora and then... And then Christmas, I got like a deal from this guy. He actually makes the fedoras himself because they make me an Indiana Jones hat. I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, pretty you know, cool. You don't get that every day. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good talk. I'm going to miss I'm gonna miss seeing Indiana Jones. We just finished up with the Back to the Future trilogy a couple of weeks ago. And we finished up the original Star Wars trilogy almost a year ago. We already yeah. do the prequels. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to miss our, our monthly or bi-monthly of a, of a series. We're going to have to go look at other trilogies. Or prequels? Did we do the prequels yeah. already? I don't remember. No, nah, we're going to do the prequels later this year, right before, I think, episode nine. There you go. Yeah, so. Um, right. And then we're done. Oh, my gosh. And then we're done with Star Wars. So we'll have to find something new to do. <laughs> Godfather? Godfather 1 and 2? <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. Maybe not. And we'll, t- we'll talk about it. <laughs> All right. Till next time. Dr. Jones. <laughs> Peace. 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 <laughs>